0: Welcome to another episode of the Highlands Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We have a very special guest with us today. I'm excited to introduce her in a moment, but I want to thank you for being a part of this community. You've been sharing it, you've been leaving reviews, and we're so excited about what God's doing through this podcast today. We're featuring an important topic, talking about money. And so uh, our guest, Ellie K, literally wrote the book, Books on Money. Uh, Ellie, tell us a little about yourself.
1: Jeremy, I have been a proud member of the Highlands for mm. almost 20 years now, and I also am an author, so right. I have written 15 books. My 16th book is coming out in 2024, wow. and I prim- primarily write about family finance. Right, right. We have a family that practices what we preach. Uh-huh. We do have seven children, and we're expecting grandbabies number 12 and 13 wow. next <laughs> year, so we're excited about that. That's amazing. That's amazing. And my heart and passion is to help other people become financially free by following God's principles of good stewardship. I
0: love it. You and your husband, Bob, are some of the most generous people I know. And so you've set a great example for all of us to follow. And so you set uh, some tips. We're going to just dig into this and dive right in because you gave us some uh, really, really valuable practical tips of finance. So I'm just gonna set it up for you, and then you really share uh, from your heart and your experience. And by the way, you're not just an author; you're a best-selling author. So I want to <laughs> make that out there that people are gonna be encouraged. And we'll we'll leave resources for you and where you can follow Ellie uh, later. But the first tip that you have that we we're just gonna jump right in is to create a spend plan that works for your family. So, maybe we start with what is a spend plan? Maybe we hear budgets or what what <laughs> what know, is that?
1: People have this negative connotation <laughs> with a budget, budget right. so we call it a spend plan, okay. and you can call it whatever you like, but okay. we we have to have a plan. You know, okay. if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time right. right. And it's important to know where your money is going okay. and ha- develop a plan for it, okay. And so one of the things that I recommend is to just get an app. You know, there's an app for everything. Mint is the number one app for finances. Okay. And there's a free version of it. Yeah. It kind of keeps up with everything for you so that you can upload all of your accounts to that, and it will tell you what you're spending. Yeah. There's also a paid version if you want to have more accountability. Sure. Sometimes when we're paying for apps, (laughs) I think we're more likely to use it it. Right. And then that can really help too.
0: So uh, in our, my relationship, my wife, Amy, is the saver. I'm more the spender. So even <laughs> even naming it a spend plan, I'm like, okay, that's like good. Yay, but spend. Why, I know. I'm like, I could do that. If it's a save plan, I don't... We'll talk about saving in a moment. But for a spend plan, why is it... Uh, and you shared a couple of resources to help us, but why is it so important to even start with a plan? Like, are we, do you feel in your experience, do most families, couples, even single adults not have a plan or what is that about having a plan that's so important?
1: I think that having a plan is basically a roadmap. Okay. It's kind of like getting in the car and driving someplace you've never been before. Right. Or maybe you've been there, but not too many times yeah. and not plugging into Google maps where you're going. Right. Just trying to wing it. Yeah. And yeah. if you're anything like my husband, <laughs> he's a fighter pilot and he can fly right. a good jet. He cannot drive anywhere without a map. <laughs> okay. I mean, bless his little heart. I mean, I don't I hope, you know, this doesn't offend him, but Sometimes, even with a map, he may take a wrong turn every now and then, and sure. I think that's why it's important. I yeah. think we need to understand how much we're spending right. i mean, and how much we're saving, yeah, sometimes, yeah. if a family is living paycheck to paycheck right. then they don't know where the money is going. Well, right. when you have a spend plan and you enter in where you're spending your money, you realize oh, my goodness, 25% of our income is going to eating out. Yes. No wonder we're not getting it yeah, yeah. And it just helps you understand where you are. Wow. In some ways, another analogy is mm-hmm. kind of like stepping on a scale mm, and having okay. the reality of, <laughs> right. oh, my Okay, yeah. now you know what you need to do to get healthy again.
0: It's one of those things where you, like, you feel like ignorance might be bliss. <laughs> I know. It, it's <laughs> at least you, up
1: more comfortable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: but it's actually you do need to know those numbers. You know, you mentioned, and I think you're— Speaking to me, Ellie, we were talking about, Amy and I ab- recently about how much we do spend eating out, for example, and you don't, you don't put it together until you look back and you're like, man, that month we spent X dollars on eating out. What would it look like either being healthier or us uh, being better stewards to uh, maybe spend that money uh, at home? And so I love that. Now, why do you think uh, some of these spend plans fail? Like, so maybe a husband and wife get together, or a young adult gets together, they're going to do their plan what would be something for our our viewers to right. avoid right as a tra- as a trap
1: i think there's two main reasons okay. that our spend plans fail and the number one reason is that we don't have a plan that's viable okay have you ever heard, or maybe you've even gone on some kind of a diet where you, you don't eat anything? You're just right. like a liquid shake, or right. a, you know, a fast mm-hmm. kind of thing. But by golly, I'm going to lose all this weight! And sure. You go on something that is so restrictive okay. that it's not sustainable, right? And that's what our budgets are like. Okay. If you have no fun, mm, you know, Budgeted yeah. it into your plan. Yeah. And if you have it being so restrictive, that it's yeah. impossible to yeah. stick to. Okay. That's why I think that you have to have something that is manageable okay. and something you can actually do. The second reason I think that they fail is a lack of accountability. Okay. And one of the things I really appreciate about the Highlands are our small groups. Right. And you can find accountability through your small group, even if it, you're not discussing finances in that particular session yeah. that you're doing you can still find people in your yeah, small group that will you can become accountable to who will ask you how's that spend plan going are you saving yeah. what you wanted to yeah. save did you set up your automation right. for your savings sure. did you are you paying down that consumer debt they ask all the really hard questions that accountability brings and if you know someone's going to ask you about it that's true then when you have that temptation of am I going to click buy on Amazon for the 10th time this week, (laughs) or am I going to refrain from that because you know someone's going to ask you about it? Yeah.
0: I think some of uh, our Christians, their spiritual gift is getting an Amazon package every single day, you know, we spend so much money. I love that being realistic about, you know, it's not realistic for a couple, maybe in debt, we're gonna save 70% of our our income, maybe they're raising kids or whatever. So let's go to the second tip you have. And I think that's gonna help us understand some of the boundaries and realism in our budget. And that is spend plan, not, I I don't wanna go negative, Uh, to cut costs on fixed expenses. What do you mean by that tip?
1: A lot of times people think about cutting back by doing things like, for example, not eating out, or spending less at the grocery store, or or basic things like that. But there's some really easy ways to cut back that you may not have thought of. For example, Mm -hmm. Most people that will reevaluate their automobile insurance every year and okay. shop around right okay that's a really good way to do it okay It's better to do it every single year okay I mean there are some people when I speak in audiences, I say how many have you know shopped around for insurance? How many do it every year right and there's very few hands that go up, so do yeah. that every year when it okay. comes to shopping around for your automobile insurance, but do it for your homeowners too. Okay, okay. So a lot of times what we do is we almost put it on automatic pilot, and we have just pay our mortgage payment every month, and a lot of times it wraps in taxes and insurance in there. And while there's not much you can do about taxes, you can do something about insurance and shop around on your insurance when it comes up for renewal, and that could actually lower uh, the the amount that you're paying every month, if you have it that. all wrapped up together.
0: What would you say? Because it seems like our world is going more to subscriptions. Everything is a right. subscription. Right. Everything is a monthly cost or fee. Because uh, and a lot of those, I think I think it's uh, going that way because people forget about it. You know, right. they signed up in October. Seven months later, all of a sudden, now they forgot they've been paying twenty thirty dollars a month for whatever that service was. What would your tip be as far as kind of managing those? Is it checking monthly? Is it maybe quarterly saying, what are all my subscriptions? How would you encourage us to, to get a, a handle on those subscrip- uh, subscriptions?
1: I think it really is important to evaluate those on a regular basis, because maybe you picked up a subscription to PBS because you were watching a certain series, but you haven't watched it in nine or 10 months, and yet you're still paying for it. Uh, There is an app for that, that you can upload everything, and they'll delete your subscriptions for you. Okay. It's called Rocket, and you can upload your accounts there, and wherever it's managed, whether it's with a credit card... Or it could be directly from your checking account. Sure. However, you're paying okay. for that, they will glom in on that, and they will say on this app, "Do you still want this subscription?" Okay. And then they'll unenroll you from that, oh, so wow. you don't even have to do okay. it. Okay. But I do think it's important. I mean, yeah. I see the them come through every month, and it's like, oh my goodness, yeah. you know. And every month, you know, all the streaming platforms are going. Oh, yeah, I know.
0: I you know, know. Yeah. and
1: and are you gonna? Yeah. You're really going to stop Hulu and Netflix. Right, right. And and now I've read that Amazon is going to advertisements now to
0: to try to make up for it. there's ads everywhere. So,
1: I mean, that's one way. And then, of course, another way to save money is at the grocery store. Okay. So there's an app called Flip, F-L-I-P-P. Okay. And that will compare all the ads for the week and tell you everything that's on sale. And while you're even in a grocery store, you can look that up, and it'll tell you the cheapest price. Okay. And if it's at, you know, Target that you're going to next or some other, then you can just wait and buy it over there. And who knows? Well, you can do that through an app. Speaking of Target, Target and Walmart have their own apps. They have regular specials that go on all the time in there. That's a really good way to do it. And did you know... That ordering your groceries, even though you pay a tip Uh for that, you can save more money ordering your groceries than shopping. Interesting. You want to guess why you save money ordering them instead of going into the store and shopping. You want to try to guess? I'm putting you on it, the spot. It's
0: probably because you have either envy or you're like, I, I need that in the moment. Thank And you. you're seeing all the aisles, stuff. Yes. Okay. You are
1: so smart, Jeremy. <laughs> you're so smart. It's impulse buy.
0: Impulse buy. So you're yes. less,
1: and that's what you just said. Yeah. So it, you're less likely to buy things yeah. if, you know, Walmart, uh, their membership plus. Yeah which is, I think, $99 a year. Sure. It comes with the free delivery, and then you just have a tip for the driver. Yeah. And that's what I do personally. And that way I can shop around. I can even use coupons on that site, and I save money. And let me just
0: say, yes, time. time and money. And let me just say for all the husbands out there watching that this is a valuable part uh, because uh, Amy does this. She has mm-hmm. the groceries delivered. And that means I don't have to go to the grocery store with her anymore. Oh. We used to do that for the first few years of our marriage. And every Monday I hated it, having to go every down every aisle. And so now I don't have to go to the grocery store and she just has our groceries delivered. Now these first two tips, and I'm going to go on the, and I, I, I know people watching, they're excited, but there might be a few that are like, all right, Ellie, these first two tips sound like a lot of work. You're right. talking about uh, cutting costs, you're talking about apps, you're talking about check. So what would you say to encourage those who feel already overwhelmed?
1: I am so glad that you brought that up. And my advice is to start where you are and do what you can.
0: Okay, that's I mean, good.
1: this This is a podcast episode that you may want to go back and watch again in yeah. the future. It may be something that you want to digest little by little. Yeah. But the only real failure is to do nothing at that's all. That's right. Yeah. And, if, and if you're not financially where you want to be mm-hmm. and you're not as healthy as you want to be, then you need to be able to start somewhere. Right. So what you may do is, okay, I'm going to do the tip on the insurance. Right. That's what I'm going to tackle this week or this month. Yeah. But you don't don't feel under condemnation that you have of to course, get absolutely yeah. everything sure. done. Sure. But sure. it is important to start somewhere. I
0: agree. I love that. I love that. These first two tips are of having a plan, cutting some costs, which leads us to your third tip, which is to catch up on savings. Right. Now, this is another maybe dirty word for people who they don't have that or they don't know where to start. So tell us a little bit about how we can catch up on some savings.
1: We already talked about one way okay. to catch up on savings, and that is to cut fixed costs. Right. Now, when you have cut a cost, unless you take the money that you save, let's say that you have a grocery bill of $200 a week, right, and you manage through a lot of hard work and diligence... To cut it down to 150 a week. Okay. What's gonna happen to that extra $50? Mm. It's probably gonna get reabsorbed into your spending. Probably. So let let's on another tip that we just gave. You you save $250 mm-hmm. a year on your homeowner's insurance sure. by shopping around. Right. Well, where is that money gonna go? It's gonna get reabsorbed into yeah. your spending. Okay. So that is a real easy, proactive place to start okay. is when you save money on these fixed costs, to immediately take that extra $50 from the groceries and put it over into savings. Okay. And that is a way to start funding your savings okay. on a regular base basis. Yeah. So let's also say that you decide to have a side hustle, because mm-hmm. there's a couple ways to save money. You either save money in the bank, like a savings sure. account. Right. You either make more money— Right. Or you spend less money, money, and both of those are nice streams coming into your savings account. So if you have a side hustle of Marketplace, Marketplace is super easy to do, and once you kind of figure it out, you get into a rhythm of it, or some other kind of a side hustle, Mm -hmm. that's a great way to take some of that income after you've tithed, (laughs) and you take some of that income, and you put it into a savings account.
0: Okay. So give us, uh, so someone maybe doesn't have savings or hasn't thought about this or feels like I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. Right. I don't even know where to start. Uh, yeah. you've, you've given us some good markers to start with. What would you say for, I know Dave Ramsey talks about maybe having $1,000. Right. I don't know if that's maybe a good starting point or maybe you have another thought or I idea. I think that's
1: a good goal, right? Okay. okay. I mean, if I told you three to six months. Okay. That's also, yes. we get back into the overwhelming. Right. And so I don't even want to do it. Right. So starting at $1,000 okay. is a really good place to okay. start, and then eventually you want three months worth of income just okay. in case okay. you get laid off or something happens uh, in a way that you're not able to work.
0: Can you talk about some of the other savings? So Because we, we we have, uh, no doubt, uh, couples, adults who are past, okay, I got $1,000, I got a few months. So give us maybe briefly some advanced tips on, I know, 401K, some other right. options. What are some good options long-term for savings?
1: A 401k is
0: perfect.
1: Okay. So a 401k where the company is matching up to a certain percentage, that is one of the very first places that you should put your money because it's double the money. uh, If they're matching 50%, Um, maybe they're matching 25%, okay. but you're funding your 401k as much as you can okay. is really important okay. uh, for those that are military. It's called the thrift savings plan. Okay. It's the TSP okay. funding that where you're getting some matching is really good That's too. Good. I may be talking to people that own their own businesses sure. or they're entrepreneurs. Right. You can fund an SEP, a simplified employee pension okay. or plan. Okay. Um, and this is a way to reduce your tax yeah, liability, sure. and at the same time, that way, that way, a self-employed person can actually save for their own future uh, and be able to do it that way. And then the last tip on that—I yeah. know I'm talking kind of no, fast, but we've got some things we want to cover mm-hmm. before we're almost done. Mm-hmm. And that is to automate it. Okay. If you will automate your funding of your 401k, just take it yeah. right out of the paycheck, and you're not going you to spend even feel it. You're not going to spend yeah. what you can't see. That's right. And and so now you build a budget on what you're taking home after you've funded your 401k once again, Jeremy, because I know what you're going to ask me. you're going <laughs> to ask me where do we start? Uh, you know if we're not doing yeah. that, even if you start with twenty five dollars per paycheck, okay. fifty dollars per paycheck. that's better than zero per paycheck. exactly. So do something. Yeah. Go to your finance uh, department of yeah. where you work and or go online. Yeah. It's probably even easier. Yeah. And go ahead and start to fund your four hundred and one. I love
0: that. And the and then the younger you are, the better it is to start that miracle early, of compounding early. interest. I love that. Your uh, your fourth tip is uh, to cut down debt. Right. Uh, and that could be a myriad of of uh, student debt, credit card debt, pers- personal debt, whatever that looks like. So right. share a little bit about why that's so important as far as the process.
1: All right. The the best way to get a handle on your debt. Okay. Is to stop getting into debt.
0: Okay, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> True. All right. So that comes in with. Can you make that into
0: shirts, by the way? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> stop getting into yes, debt. Yeah,
1: exactly. To stop yeah. the spending. I right. mean, kind of stop the madness. And some of the previous tips that we gave uh-huh. are ways to stop getting into debt. I mean, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. there are some months when you have, you know, a blown out tire, and you right. have unexpected car repairs or right. home repairs. Right. Now, if you're paycheck to paycheck. Now you're in debt. That's right. And yeah. so the the best thing to do about that is actually to start managing and restructuring your finances in such a way that you will have the cash to do it. That rainy day account is not necessarily yeah. to build save up for that ninety inch big screen <laughs> TV. Right. It might be to pay for that tire repair yeah. when it comes up. And so that's a really good way to minimize how much debt you continue to get into. Yeah, I love that. And you know, when you're uh, at Amazon and you're you're looking to buy something, is this something I need? Is this something I can afford? Right. And can I pay this off?
0: Yeah.
1: Or am I going to go into debt for it? And if you just pause a beat, just right. like one beat right. even on Amazon Prime Day, yeah. <laughs> if if you just pause,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's amazing how far that goes to having that self-control start to click in and then you can stop some of the spending.
0: And it seems like if you're following these tips kind of in order, then you are at a more disciplined place right now. You on your, on your website, you had mentioned uh, you got married and then you were tens of thousands of dollars of debt. And then you retired that pretty quickly. Was it that discipline? Was it uh, 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 all the above of what we've been talking about?
1: And you know what, Jeremy, I got to tell you our particular situation was the God factor okay? So, I married a man who had been married before, mm-hmm. he had child support payments, mm-hmm. he had state and federal taxes, mm-hmm. he had a lot of consumer debt 40k worth mm-hmm. of consumer debt in the 90s. And so, 40k <laughs> okay. in the 90s was a lot of money, sure. you know. Yeah. And in all of this, we decided when we got married that we were going to honor God and we were going to give Him the 10th of all of our income. And so we structured things to where we paid our tithe. Mm -hmm. And there were actually times early in our marriage, and it was really um, embarrassing. It was just embarrassing because we had all of our credit cards charged up. He was a captain in the Air Force. So here he is, an officer in the Air Force. But... He, we were in a place where we couldn't even afford groceries mm. one week, and we didn't want to go to the food pantry. We didn't have a food pantry like the Highlands yeah, has where yeah. people can just drive food, through and right. get help. And we didn't have... We, I mean, you could do that anonymously, you know? And we, yeah. we didn't have any of that, but God provided for us. Right. And He provided through my husband's ex-wife's mother, who was remodeling their kitchen. Okay, And she gave us all of these groceries, That's including amazing. handmade... Tamales, I mean she had <laughs> wow. they were so good, and so God took care of That's us, amazing. and when we restructured our our debt and we made a commitment, mm-hmm. so all of those things I told you about, taking that extra fifty dollars, we put it towards visa, right, We took a two hundred on the insurance, yeah. and we put that towards masterCard, right, and we started paying down that debt, and yeah. within two and a half years. On one man's income with all of those kids, because right. we had five babies in right. seven years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of kids. <laughs>
0: yes. um,
1: we were debt free. Wow. Because God honored debt.
0: I think you mentioned something important too though, because I think when people are either in debt or they don't have savings or it just seems overwhelming, they don't they don't think about the long term or even like you you mentioned it took you two and a half years. So right. fifty dollars a month sounds like it's nothing, but fifty dollars over two and a half years, again, paying down that principle, reducing some interest, now all of a sudden. You know, as they say, you're cooking with fire right now, and you really are snowballing. You're really being able to do some things at an accelerated pace. Right. But it's pushing over through that, maybe that initial, you know, obstacle of I'm actually going to make a difference in our family.
1: Right. And and that's where some of the things that we talked about earlier come into play. The idea of accountability. Yeah with your small group, with a, another friend yeah. that will hold you accountable for that. And, you know, you mentioned something that I want to pick up on, uh-huh. and it's really important. When it comes down to p- paying consumer debt in okay. particular, there's the snowball okay. ap- approach, or there's okay. the avalanche approach. Oh, okay. And the avalanche approach is you take your highest interest okay. debt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So let's say you have a credit card that's 21% yeah. insurance. Right. I mean, 21% interest no, right, rate. Right, right. And you take that debt and you pay down that credit card first okay. because it has the highest interest rate. Mm-hmm. And then once you've paid that down, you take all of your focus and energy towards the next okay. credit card with the next highest interest rate. Right. And as you start to do that, it's just an avalanche That's effect. Good. And it starts to really gain momentum and you yeah. pay it off.
0: Yeah.
1: Now. The snowball,
0: uh-huh.
1: that's what you were going to ask me next, I right? I was, I okay, was. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're reading my mind. To, yes, that That's yes. what happens when you write 15 books. You just read everyone's <laughs> mind. That's right, that's right. So the snowball effect is where you take the account with the smallest amount that okay. you owe. So let's say you have a credit card to, oh, let's say that it is to the vitamin shop or something yeah, like that, sure. and it's $500. Okay. And some of the other ones are $5,000, mm-hmm. and so... You take that and you pay it off, okay. and now you've retired that debt. And then you take what you were—the minimum payments that mm-hmm. you were paying towards that card, mm-hmm. and you take that and any other things that you can save, and you put it towards the next smallest okay. debt. And it's a snowball effect, okay. because now once you pay off debt number two, right. which your know, credit card debt of some kind, maybe your visa, mm-hmm. once you take that, then you take the, the monthly payments, the minimum payments mm-hmm. from— the vitamin shop and Visa and then you add it towards the third one, which may be a MasterCard. Okay. And so as you're adding more and more, you get this snowball effect where you're starting to gain more and more momentum right. and you can you can pay it off that way. I love it. And it kind of depends on, you know, how you're wired. Sure. If if you're wired to where you can see fewer debts and that keeps you motivated uh-huh. because you're doing the snowball ap- approach. Right then, you know, go for it that way.
0: I want to move into our fifth tip in a moment, but you bring up a, a, a part of debt that we haven't yet talked about that I, I've heard and I know you have as well of, and that's car payments. Right. Um, you know, I have had people, what's your favorite car? I've, and I And I'm not a... Uh, car guy necessarily, but my favorite car is a paid off car, you know, and and I I drove a car that that didn't make left-hand turns. So I have low (laughs) threshold of what a car actually needs to do. (laughs) What would you say to those though, who feel like they have to live with a car payment or, or, or even they're so in debt because car payments are becoming almost rent payments at this point. Like they're just increasing, increasing. increasingly. So can you address car payments for a moment?
1: Well, certainly. And so Jeremy, uh, the average, uh, household has $22,000 in car payments. Wow. And that may be on multiple cars. Sure. But it's like you said, I mean, people get to a point where it's time to trade up and they haven't paid off what they have. And there is a real simple way to do that, Mm -hmm. and that is to take the paid off car that you start with Mm -hmm. and continue to drive that car, but discipline yourself to make a car payment to yourself. To yourself, okay. And you put it in your savings account, and then you save for a year. Yeah. And then you take that chunk of money, and you you take your car that you've paid off, mm-hmm. sell it for whatever you can, mm-hmm. add the chunk you've saved, and then go buy the best car that you can afford. With that. And every year, and then repeat the whole thing. Right. And every year, you're going to be trading up. I love that. Because the car that you buy, unless you buy a brand new car, yeah. is not going to depreciate all that much right. in, in 12 months, right. which means you can continue to... to Smart. Smart trade up until yeah. you get the kind of car that you want. And that's what we did in our family, okay. even back when you know we didn't have a lot of money in our, our when we were first married. Sure. I mean, I used to do cross-stitch back in the day, uh, okay. and I cross-stitched all these scripture for my walls. And one of the cross-stitches said, uh, blessed are the poor for they be us, <laughs> because that really was us. Sure. And we followed this principle, and we have been able to pay cash for cars by doing it. And it. yeah, you're going to drive that car for yeah, a while. Sure. It won't make the left-hand turn. Right. So you're going to have to kind of suck it up for a yeah, little while, yeah. but it will be worth it in the long
0: run. I love that. I love that. All right. Your last tip, and you've alluded to it, let's dig into a little bit more, is to care and share more. That's the generosity aspect of this because we've been saving, we have our spending plan, we've been cutting down debt, but really, as you mentioned it, this really is your fifth tip, but possibly your first step because right. that... Automated giving generosity is so critical for the... It's like a top button in a shirt. If you get that top button right, everything else will kind of line up. So talk a little bit more about that.
1: Right. Well, I mean, just yesterday, I didn't do the top button. And it's like, (laughs) oh, no, I can't even dress myself. (laughs) And so... The point is that I I wanted to read a couple of scriptures I brought. Uh, Leviticus 2730 says that a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's. So there the Bible is telling us that the tithe is important. But my favorite one is Malachi 310, Mm -hmm. and it says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, which is the highlands. I mean, your church is your storehouse. So there may be food in my house, and test me now in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. That's good. And so when we honor God mm-hmm. in our first fruits, He takes care of everything else. Yeah. I have people who have said, well, do you tithe off the net or the gross? Yeah. So do you tithe off of what you make before taxes right. or what you take home after taxes, right. the net? And I say, well, what do you want to be blessed right. off of? Right. right? Do you want to be blessed yeah. off the gross or the net? Right. But tithing, you can't outgive God. That's right. You know, there's another scripture that says, I was young and now I'm old, mm. but I have never seen the righteous forsaken yeah. or their children begging bread. That's good. And we have lived that. Yeah. And there are people here at the Highlands that have lived that out. That's right. And they have seen that when they honor God in the tithe, that he takes care of them that's right. in miraculous, amazing ways.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. The, some of the most uh, you know godly, um, fun, uh, blessed people that I know are the most generous and, you know, I think sometimes when we talk about tithing, giving, that it the focus is usually on the church, but I think the focus is on the person because it's that right. couple or that family that is choosing to say, I'm going to be generous with what God's given to me. Because we have been right. blessed. I mean, if you're right. in this country, like we have just, you've been around the world. Right. I've been places that we've seen, you've seen abject poverty. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you real, yeah. and that this is not it. And right. so we are just right. incredibly blessed. And so for that person, again, kind of go back to that person maybe is struggling with that step. because. Everything you're talking about today is right. about faith. It's right. about—we uh, don't see that debt being paid or that generosity being started. We don't see all those things yet, but we're going to take that first step. So what? Right. how would you encourage somebody to take that first step?
1: Well, I'm going to do something a little bit off script and okay. a, little bit, um, a little bit crazy in some ways. Okay. And that is, I want to challenge the people that are watching today okay. to do what Malachi 3.10 yes. says— I want to challenge you to put God to a test. Love it. If you are not currently tithing, mm-hmm. or maybe you're not really—maybe you're just giving God a tip okay. instead of a tenth. a tenth. yeah. And no matter where you are, okay. I challenge you for 30 days, mm-hmm. set your calendar for 30 days, give God a 10th and see what happens yeah, to your finances. See what happens to your life. Yeah. See what happens to your mental health. Yeah. See what happens to your emotional health. That's right. See what happens with your joy. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more involved. This is not just some rule. Right. This is a way that we can be blessed, mm. and we can bless others. And in the same way, others bless us. So we have to be humble enough mm. to take the blessing when someone else gives it to us, because we'll pay it forward eventually. Sure. Like with us, it was really hard to take those groceries, Yeah, but we did. Yeah. And then eventually we got in a place where we could pay it blessing forward and we could be yeah. a blessing that's to right. other people. I so that's that. what I would say yeah. is to just... Test God for 30 days and okay. see what happens.
0: These have been amazing tips, Ellie. Uh, we, we take questions. So we have a couple questions for you as we close out our time together. Sure. And you've just been invaluable. But the first question is from a married couple perspective. So what if uh, one, a husband or wife, what if one wants to be a good steward that you've talked about, but the other one doesn't? So how would you encourage them to find some common ground and unity to move forward?
1: I I think that it begins with prayer. Okay. So you have the person that wants to be a good steward, and and maybe it's not even a matter of being a good steward per se. Uh Maybe it's just you're married to a born spender, and you're (laughs) a born saver. Right. So there may be that disconnect that way, and and not even a big, huge, negative thing. It's just a pattern. Mm -hmm. And that happened with Bob and I. I was a born saver, Mm -hmm. and my husband was a born spender. Okay. And he, you know he would make money at the age of seven working in the yards and, and earning money that way, but it never saw the inside of his pocket. Okay. And me, uh, back in the day when they had film, I went to Spain to visit my cousins, uh-huh. and I came back I went with three rolls of film. I came back with two and a half rolls of film. <laughs> okay. I didn't even use it. so it can be out of balance <laughs> one sure. or the other. So it starts with prayer, okay. And I, I would say that pray together about mm-hmm. it, and then let God direct you. And when you invite the Holy Spirit in, right. when you got, invite God into your finances, right. you are going to see that He will come in. Mm-hmm. But if you don't invite Him in, and that door is shut, well, let me let you know. Let me know how that works for you, right? right. Because in my history, in my past, it just doesn't work as well. Okay, but. Prayer is the first way to, to usher that in. And then if it continues to be a source of contention, mm-hmm. counseling's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's good. And it's good to go to counseling and yeah. let the counselor give both of you right. insight and information. because. Believe it or not, sometimes it's easier to hear it from a counselor than your spouse.
0: That's <laughs> okay. That's
1: what I've heard. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Our second question, you've answered it kind of throughout. I just wanted if there's any final uh, thoughts. But because, again, you're the expert. You've written the books. You're you're speaking. You're the financial expert. But for many, uh, this is hard. Like, this is, it doesn't maybe connect yet. And I know this has been encouraging. So what would you say to that person who just feels, all right, I'm a single mom. I'm a single dad. I'm, I am living from paycheck to paycheck i didn't even heard of a 401k before today. Like, I don't have all those things. I have a car payment. What would you encourage people to maybe where to start of, of trying to overcome that initial hump of this is just too difficult and throwing in the towel? What would you say to that person?
1: Well, to that person, I would say that, you know, as I said earlier, you start where you are and you do what you can. Okay. I would also say, find a money buddy. Yeah. You know you know how when you go to the gym, if you're lifting free weights, you yeah. need a spotter. Yeah. You know, If you're going to go up to 150 that you're bench pressing, right. you don't want to do that, and you've never done it before. Right. You don't want to do it without someone behind you holding those weights so yeah. they don't fall down on your neck. Right. You know?
0: <laughs> and so that's
1: the analogy for right. our finances. Find a money buddy okay. and let that person, and, and presumably maybe someone that's on the same journey with Mm -hmm. you or maybe someone that's a little further down the road and get together and have coffee and just talk about the finances and talk about, I mean, there's all kinds of like Facebook groups and stuff like that and people you can follow and podcasts you can listen to Mm -hmm. where they're talking about money and people get excited about it. And you're gonna find that once you start to do this Mm -hmm. and God comes in and he begins to bless, Mm -hmm. it's exciting. It is so cool. For the single mom, one of my best friends is a single mom. Mm -hmm. After 25 years of marriage, her husband left her. Mm -hmm. And her full-time job after he left, because she's got these kids to Mm -hmm. take care of, Mm -hmm. her full-time job became saving money. Mm. And she would call the electric department and renegotiate what she owed when she was Mm -hmm. behind or a deposit. She would renegotiate that. She renegotiated the medical debt. Okay. Okay. She found like resources in the community yeah. where um, the utility company would give her a free swamp cooler okay. and a free refrigerator wow. and washer and dryer, wow. and so she began to make this a full time job of just saving, saving money. Yeah. And then she watched God provide. Wow. She also did some side hustles. She sure. cleaned some houses. She you know did some other things. You know, right. the, any whatever she could. Mm-hmm. And then eventually she got to the point where now she works for aerospace and is very well off, but she knows what that is like as a single mom and God is big enough to handle all of this. That's right. You know, I I hear people say, well, I've got a lot on my plate. I've got a lot going on. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, I don't care what you have on your plate or what you have going on. God is able. I love that. God is bigger than all of the things, just because you have more on your plate. And I have empathy for that. Of course. I really do. Mm -hmm. I have empathy for those families that are living paycheck to paycheck, because we did. That's the way we live. Right. But I will also say that God is bigger Mm. and God is able— And this is a point where you can say, Lord, I'm going to test you in this, and I'm going to trust you in this, and I'm going to sit back and see the deliverance of our Lord. And I'm expecting miracles Mm. to happen at the highlands. I believe that. I believe, and now here I go, I'm prophesying, but I believe that the highlands is going to get out of all kinds of debt. Yeah. I believe that people in the congregation are gonna get their finances in a healthier place. I believe that people who have never tithed before are gonna learn the blessing blessing. and the value of a tithe. Mm -hmm. And I believe we're gonna be one of the most blessed congregations Mm -hmm. in the whole Antelope Valley Mm -hmm. so that we can be a blessing to others. Not so we can just hold it to ourselves, but so that we can be a blessing to others.
0: That's amazing. Ellie this has been insightful and valuable and so informative thank you so much for being a part uh, you can if you want to uh, reach out uh, you can go to leK.com uh, we'll have the notes in our in our show notes and uh, there's books that are there we can read and you can purchase and they'll be an incredible help we just scratched the surface today thank you for being with us Ellie and we'll see you next time we're doing another financial episode at our next episode make sure you share this with a friend and let me tell you we're here for you we're praying for you we believe that God has his very best for you Thanks again for joining us on the Highlands Podcast.